First list I pulled. First list you pulled ended up being a winner deal in there. Yep. Yeah. So guys, if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you're, you're watching this, we developed a new software called PropWire. And the idea behind it was, um, you know, typically right now for data, it's there's a paid subscription model. So, you, so the typical model is you pay $100 a month and you get access to 10,000 downloads, which if you're in this business very long, you'll quickly learn that 10,000 downloads is nothing. Like you can burn through that, that number of a list pretty quickly. What we thought was, well, what if we could spend the money to create the software that would do it? And then the data itself, you have to buy that data. And so there's a cost for that as well. But what if we could provide that and make it free? Free searches, free downloads. But it really is going to revolutionize the industry. Like, I really don't see why everybody in real estate would not have a PropWire account because it's free. Like, and the data, yeah. the data is just as good or better than any other provider out there. So, so that brings us all the way back to Matt Spinks. He's now in his house. <laughs> yeah. so, so Matt, let's talk about what you did. Let's talk about the list you got first. So you went on the prop wire and then yep. what list did you pull first? Tired landlords. Okay. Why'd you pick that one? Any particular reason? Uh, it's, it's easier to talk to investors, you know, cause they're aware of what the property's worth and all that, you know, uh, they're aware of how much rehab costs and all that, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I've actually had a lot of success with it. Uh, I started with tired landlord list and I've honestly done so well with it. Mm-hmm. I've just stayed on them. Yeah, that's great. Some of the benefits of tired landlords are that because they're investors, right? And and just so you know, if you're listening, tired landlord means it's an absentee owner. So the property is not their primary residence. That's called an absentee owner. So they don't live in the home that they own. Uh, but then tired landlord would mean that it's it's an investment property and maybe they're burned out from owning that property as a rental. So when yeah. a landlord gets tired of the rental property, let's say it's got high turnover, they've had a bunch of issues with tenants, they're sick and tired of rehabbing it and toilets and turnover and tenants and all of that, then they get tired, very common, especially with mom and pop, you know, owner operators, they, they're not really set up for, you know, a lot of properties. So they tend to be doing things themselves. So when they hit that burnout phase, they're possibly ready to get rid of that property and let it go at a discount. That's a tired landlord. I'm like Matt. I love tired landlords for one primary reason. They're, it's not an emotional experience. Now, maybe they're like tired of it and sick of it and want to get rid of it. But what I mean is when it's not their personal residence, then it's just a, another asset that they'll gladly get rid of if everything makes sense. So yeah. it's different than someone who lost their job or they went, they're going through probate or pre-foreclosure, that brings on a whole nother level of emotion. And you have to wear a different hat where you where you have to sympathize and have empathy and understand what they're going through and understand their pain point. The tired landlord, it's just right to it. Like you get to cut all that and you get to get like, you know, does the number make sense? If it does, I'll sell it to you. End of the story. <laughs> so it allows you to kind of be more direct, right to the point, you know, and so that I just love because it's just a business decision now for that person. That's it. It's a business decision. If it makes sense, they'll sell it. So yeah. anyway, we have that lead. So when you go into PropWire, 
and you go to the lead type and you can download and it'll pull um, tired landlord. And I don't know if you did this, Matt, tell me if you did this, but you can actually add additional filters and you could say, you know, it needs to be out of state or, you know, tired landlords that, that happened during a certain time frame and whatever other filters you want to put on there. Did you add additional filters or just take the mass, the, the, the main list? No, I add filters. I try to find the most motivated sellers. Uh, I do individual property owners. Uh, I okay. make sure they own three or more properties. Uh, I make sure the property was built after 1960 right. and before 1990 or 95. Mm. Uh, okay. Just because of the codes and everything back then before 1960. Yep. Uh, you know, and I also do years of ownership. Great. I was uh, going to ask that one. Great. Yeah. I at least put four years. Okay. On, uh, you know, I've just had great success with that, those filter stacks right there. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. Did those you guys are hear that? He's, he, this is a technique called list stacking where you add other filters onto the lead type. And what it's going to do is the more filters you add or the more stacking you do, then the smaller the list is going to be, but also the more powerful the list is going to be. So, you know, like you could start with, like if you just took high equity, for example, you're going to have 30,000, you know, leads that it might pull or whatever it pulls, but that's just very broad now because it's like all properties that have high equity. Well, you could market to that entire list, but you're going to go through a lot of leads to, to find then, you know, one good warm seller. Whereas you could also stack it up to where now you're down to, let's say a thousand, but now that thousand has, has multiple intent points or, or pain points or motivation points on the lead. Okay. So good. So you, you did a tired landlord list, you filtered it, you, you got that list, downloaded it. And then, and then did you skip trace it? I'm assuming. Yeah. I skip traced it. Okay. And then did you cold call or text? Cold call. I'm always a cold call. If I don't get an answer, I'll send a text then. Okay. So you do a cold. So I think cold call and text have to go together. So you cold called with a follow-up text Yeah. because why not? Like they're both, you can build both right together and now you're touching them twice, right? Or you're, you're trying to. So did you, do you have a cold caller or were you personally cold calling and texting? I don't trust anybody to do my cold calling, but me. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now you're going to run into a scale problem at some point, but get it right. So how big was your list that you cold called? I had like, it went from like 6,000 to 200. Okay. So you, you got a very condensed list and then you jumped on the phone and you call, started calling. Well, you skipped it. Then you jumped on the phone, called and text. And um, when you called, how far in until you found your winner deal, would you say? The bees. How many? The bees. Oh, like and the bees. Oh, B. Yeah. yeah. So I last name B. A. I got a deal in B. So maybe what? Probably 20, 30 in? Not even. It was like yeah. 15. Yeah. yeah. So like 15 calls in, you're on the B because it's an alphabetical order, right? Yeah. So you hit the B names and then you you get this seller who says, so tell us how the conversation went. Like, what did you say? And what did they say back? You know, uh, well, at first, actually, it was the property I called the, that from PropWire. Uh, he wasn't interested in selling that one. 
but his brother has had two properties that he was interested in selling. And so he ended up telling me those addresses. I did my research and uh, was I told him, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in buying those two properties. And it was two properties on one lot. Uh, and he 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 I let him say the number first. They wanted 160 for him. Uh, I sat down at the table with them a couple of days after they had told me the price. I told them that I'd uh, be back in touch with them. And then I sat down at the table two days later and went over everything. Uh, in, I person. Actually, in, yeah, person? in person. In person. Yes. Okay. I forgot to ask what market is this? Knoxville. Knoxville. Okay, great. So you, you met at the, you met the seller and sat down with the seller on the, on, on appointment. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Went to their house uh, with the 160 purchase price that they wanted. I ended up actually going out to the properties that I was going to get under contract and found some problems with it. So I just mm-hmm. took my camera and took pictures of the problem areas and uh, wrote down quotes of estimates of how much it was going to cost to fix that. And then with that information, I was able to bring them down uh, another 20,000 down to 140. Okay, and, so you used, you used your inspection, basically. Your, you did the inspection, but you used your walkthrough to highlight some of the issues as leverage to why you needed a, a, a bigger discount on the price. Yep. Okay, smart. Yep. Very smart. Yeah. And when you yeah. met the seller, though, it wasn't at the properties for sale. It was at a different location. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was. Okay. So you sit yeah, down with him. He wanted 160 and you said 140. Yeah. And he and did he counter that or just take it? Nope. He signed right away. And you came yeah. ready to sign. So you had a contract in hand. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I, had already, I had already filled out and everything. I yeah. just let the price blank. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So then you just, you, you, it was pre-filled out. You agreed on 140. He signed it. Now you had an executed contract. Love it. Awesome. And then at that point now it's time for phase two, right? Which is Dispo. How do you find a cash buyer? So uh, what was your strategy for finding your buyer? I actually went to uh, an investor meetup for the first time down here. And it was an amazing meetup. There was over 150 people there. Uh, so a lot of networking. And I pitched it to this girl that I had met uh, there. And she she's actually fixing flips herself. But she was like, uh, I can't pick it up myself but because I'm doing a flip right now. But I, I have someone that will buy that uh, if you're willing to do a JV. And I was, I was like, yeah, as long as you sell it for 160 well, she actually ended up selling it for one seventy. Nice. And we did a sixty forty split on that thirty thousand. Sixty to you or her? Sixty to me, forty to 60 her. Sixty to you. Okay, so guys, you don't always have to do fifty fifty. You can do another uh, another split. Yeah. yeah. So so she got one seventy. So it was actually a thirty k gross wholesale. Yeah, ten thousand more than I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, it was really, I mean, when we count a wholesale, you know, we usually think about what we take home, but if you think about it, that was a 30 K wholesale deal, $30,000 wholesale deal. And you got 60%. So what was that? 18, 19,000, 18,000, 18,000 was for you. Love it. And for a phone call and a meeting. 
for a, for a, for 15 phone calls in, you know, and a meeting, I mean, you did your work, right. And, and I think you see the bigger picture. You were probably willing and probably did call all 200, all 200 phone numbers or all two, whatever, how many ever addresses you were able to skip trace and get a number for your mindset is I'm going to call because there's a deal in here. And if there's not a deal in this list, I'll pull another list. Like that's the business, right? So are you, do you look at it that way? Do you look at it like I'm willing to do the work and I know that if I do the work and I put in the time and I make the offers, I'm going to see results. Yes. As soon as they accepted and I had a signed offer, I actually went back to my house and started cold calling. Right. Right again on another list. Yeah. No, the same list. And actually I just got a signed contract for another deal from the same list. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Man, yeah. That is so awesome. And it's it's a crazy deal, Jerry. This is actually going to be the biggest deal I've ever done. Uh, it's 59 acres. I got it on a contract for 155,000. Uh, the ARV on this thing is, is over 300,000. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. This one, I literally, that's what I was just coming back from the car ride. I had just got sit down with a homeowner and got the contracts on. So you got, you have that contract. Yeah. Yeah. So tell so tell the numbers again. It's the ARV's three hundred, and you got the contract for how much? One hundred and fifty-five thousand. And so, what do you think you can dispo it for? Two fifty all day. Oh my! It'll God. get snatched up because the two fifty—that's like four grand an acre, and I got it for like two grand an acre. Okay, Matt, we are getting back on a Zoom when you when you get that deal done. Okay, like that's yeah. a hundred a hundred k almost deal, right? Yeah. 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 This this is the one that gets you nervous, you know. I actually uh, went and filed an affidavit and memorandum yep. of agreement just so I couldn't lose it. You know what I mean? So, Matt, if you want, I'll do it for free, just because I'm excited for you. I'll double close that for you if you want. Like, I'll I'll do the funding and double close it for you. Oh, okay. If you want, Definitely. yeah. So then you then your buyer wouldn't see your assignment. Okay. All right. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's the one thing I was iffy on, uh, yeah. you know, them seeing that $100,000 assignment. You know, it shouldn't matter and it may not matter. But, you know, if you're worried about that, then just reach out to me and we'll double close it. I just we okay. would just make sure your buyers on the hook. Right. And then we would I'll I'll fund the 155 on the first closing and then you'll turn around and do the second closing, you know, same day, next day. And then that's it. You're done. Yep. Okay. You'll pay a little bit of closing fees, but it's worth it. You'll pay a little bit of closing fees to double close it, but it's worth it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of equity. So yeah. But anyway, (laughs) that's a cool deal. And that's on that same list of 200. Yeah. The exact list. Oh my (laughs) gosh, dude. So just so everybody knows that's not normal to get two massive deals out of, you know, one small list, but I also, yeah, I'll hear what I'll say. I'm, yeah. What? I've been told I'm pretty lucky by uh, local investors around here that you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. The deal of a lifetime comes around once a week if you're in the game. And so you said something pivotal here and I hope everybody caught this and I'm going to go out on a limb here because I don't know you, but the fact that you, the, the minute you lock up a deal, you go back to your house, you went on appointment, lock up a deal, you go back to your house and you pick up the phone and you start calling again. That tells me that you're approaching this business from the right perspective, which is 
lead gen is a never ending faucet that you never turn off. You turn the faucet on and it's always on. And the, and, and if you can continually be in a mindset of, I call, I make offers, I, I do marketing, whatever I do to generate leads, whatever I do to get in front of sellers or agents and whatever I do to make offers, that's how I'm going to be ultra successful at this business. If you have that mindset, then you'll never go hungry again. You'll be doing deals every month, month in and month out. Yeah, I look at it as the next phone call could be the next deal, you know. And in your case, it probably is like it literally yeah. is the next deal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. If it's not that one, it's the next one. And so when you show up that way, if you show up believing that this call is going to be the deal, and and I don't I don't want a normal deal. I want the deal of a lifetime. And you show up that way. Guess what happens? Somehow, luckily, magically, the deal of a lifetime comes your way. Honestly, Matt, that's that is flipping genius. Good for you. Taking action, going out there and doing the work, and seeing the blessing, seeing the result of that. What do you yeah, think is uh, what do you think is the biggest thing that you've um, learned through this process? Like on that on the first deal, or maybe this new deal. What's uh what's what's a big takeaway you could share with people that are working on it work trying to work on their first deal or trying to get their business off the ground? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just do what Jerry does and you'll get a deal. I promise you. I I'm living proof. Like I I started watching Jerry's YouTube videos and didn't know not a lick of, of anything about real estate and heck I've closed five deals this year. Mm. You know. Made and about money. and about to do the biggest deal, a six, a, pot, a close to six, maybe a six figure plus deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Good for you. Love that. Guys, don't be afraid. That's I, that's, I think that's what you're saying is don't be afraid, take action. Um, I would probably add to that, that you think you need more information before you can start taking action. And I think you need, you definitely want to continue, continue learning and continue growing and add more information, more knowledge, but don't believe the lie that you're telling yourself that you just need to learn something else before you can start calling on leads. Like really you don't. So guys, uh, leave a comment and say, Matt, you're a flipping genius. 